It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello once again and welcome to the Big Cruise Podcast and in particular to episode 147. It's a pleasure to have you with us and it's always a pleasure to bring you the latest in all things cruise. My name is Baz, I'm just one of your hosts and uh, today's show is actually going to be a little bit different. Uh, Myself and Chris's schedules just didn't work uh, this weekend so we uh, have recorded the podcast individually and I'm uh, here in the studio right now stitching everything together uh, to be able to share it with you uh, on Sunday. So the, the episode was recorded um, independently by Chris and myself over the weekend of the 1st and 2nd of July and this will be heading out to the podcast directories on the evening of Sunday the 2nd of July. Now, even though we can't be together, Chris has managed to answer a great listener question that came in from LC. You may recall we paused the listener question last week because it was around uh, the submersible at the site of the Titanic, and we just felt it was uh, a little bit time insensitive to uh, to talk about things like that. Um, so we are back to answer Elsie's question, or Chris will be. Um, and Chris will also be uh, sharing some uh, maritime history around the naming of the Titanic, so the naming conventions that were used on the Titanic and the other um, of uh, the sister ships. But for myself, a little shout out and a thank you to Michael L. in Canada. He uh, brought us uh, some coffees or donated us some coffees via Buy Me A Coffee, and for that we are eternally grateful. So thank you, Michael, for that. Just a reminder, if you do have a question that you want myself or Chris to answer, send it through via the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com, and on the top right-hand corner, click on Join the Show. Now, if you have a fact or fiction, which we don't have this week, but if you do have one that you want to send through for me to ask Chris, then send it in the same way. But if you want Chris to ask me, then you need to send it via Chris's um, YouTube channel or his website, both of which the links are in uh, today's show notes, of course. But let's get this little show on the road. It's uh, time to start talking. All Things Cruise. So, first up, the listener question from Elsie in Miami. 
LCS, I watched the sadness the events of the submersible at the site of the Titanic. It made me wonder what was the first submersible that went to Titanic with Ballard on board, and is it still around today? Well, of course, Chris is uh, the guru when it comes to all things maritime history. So, uh, Chris, mate, this one's over to you. Thanks so much, Baz, and apologies once again for not being there with you in person this week, but thankfully, due to the magic of editing, um, I can join you remotely and we can have a little chat about the first submersible that helped to discover the Titanic. And that submersible was a vessel called the Alvin, um, and it has a history that dates all the way back to the 1960s. In fact, it first entered service back in 1964, in June of 64, and it still remains in service to this day. So it's had a very long history um, and has been involved in a number of very very uh, interesting deep water dives. Now, it's a very different design to that of the recently lost uh, Titan, the um, Ocean Gate vessel that um, that was that was um, tragically lost uh, over the Titanic wreck. And I'm sure most of our listeners have been uh, following that uh, on the news, where Titan was built using the carbon fiber hull, which was an experimental technology. Alvin has a, a very um, well-tested, well-regarded um, design that uh, utilizes titanium and a spherical pressure chamber, which, of course, um, is the, the standard sort of design for these types of submersibles. Now, Alvin was one of the first to enter service of this type, the um, Deep Submersible Vehicles, or DSVs, um, and is able to dive up to 8,000 feet, which is quite remarkable, and has actually been involved early on in its career in the 19, 1966 to help the United States uh, Air Force locate a submerged hydrogen bomb that was lost in an incident over Spain. Now, oddly enough, uh, Alvin actually had an early uh, crisis in its career um, in that in 1968, uh, the vessel actually sank um, and the the people who were inside the vessel were actually able to escape the vessel um, before Alvin flooded and it sank down um, in about uh, 1,500 metres of of water. That's uh, 4,900 feet for our American friends. And um, that, of course was quite an incident for a submersible having to be um, recovered but they did manage to recover um, Alvin and it was uh, fully refurbished and uh, put back into service. Now Alvin is interesting because uh, she's had so many edits made to it over the years that it's actually a situation where no original part of the first Alvin when it first entered service is actually um still there the whole vessel every part of the vessel has been replaced throughout the the vessel's career and it's a it's basically a ship of theseus kind of idea so um mo- modifications refurbishments and even the replacement of the pressure vessel um has taken place uh during alvin's career so um whilst it's been in service since the 1960s it's technically not the same materials that were there in the 1960s yet the vessels always existed so that's a bit of a um an interesting uh, mind game that you can play with yourself there now in relation to the titanic uh, Elvin was involved, of course, in, in uh, identifying and um, uh, surveying the Titanic for the first time back in the 1980s. Um, it was 1986 when Dr. Robert Ballard um, and his uh, team located the wreck of the Titanic. And this, of course, was massive news back in the 1980s and was very, very um, special uh, to be able to, to identify um, Titanic. Uh, Alvin actually um, carried with it a... Um, 
an ROV, a remotely operated vehicle called Jason Jr. And that uh, little little ROV went uh, closer to the Titanic, went into some of the areas to check it out in more detail. And what's really interesting is that if you've got any of the books about the discovery of Titanic with the fantastic paintings by uh, Ken Marshall, who, who is... Um, you know, an, an amazing artist and also a Titanic historian, you'll see both Alvin and Jason Jr. in those paintings because they were there at that very special, um, very special moment when Titanic was rediscovered. Now, the Alvin has been updated uh, many times throughout her career, as I mentioned before. Perhaps uh, one of the more uh, extensive ones was uh, uh, an overhaul that took place in 2011, um, which then allowed her to uh, undertake further uh, deeper dives and she was then utilized in 2014 to explore the um, Deepwater Horizon site. Uh, so that's quite obviously quite deep water that she's operating in then. Um, in 2020, she uh, undertook a further upgrade and can now actually dive to 6,500 meters, which is around about 21,300 feet. Um, and she now carries a number of more modern um, surveying equipment, including 4K imaging, which allows for fantastic video and photographs to be taken down in the depths of the water. So a very famous uh, little submersible, uh, very very different in her in her design and construction to to the Titan, which of course has been in the news so much lately. Um, and um, you know the 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 design of Alvin is is more in in tune with the design of the other submersibles that have also um, visited Titanic with that uh, spherical uh, pressure chamber and the use of um, of titanium. So uh, hopefully that helps answer the question. Uh, thanks for uh, sending it over to me, Baz, and uh, back to you in the studio. Head over to Facebook now and hit the like button. Thank you, Chris, and thank you to Elsie for sending in that uh, great listener question. Now we do continue with a similar theme in maritime history. Uh, Chris is back up again next with uh, some history and facts around the naming of the Titanic. Once again, Chris, over to you. Thanks again, Baz. Yeah, this week's Maritime History, we're looking a little bit at the uh, history of the Titanic. And of course, Titanic has um, been very heavily featured in the news recently. But rather than talking about discovering Titanic or uh, exploring Titanic, this week I wanted to have a quick chat about naming the Titanic. And this is something that took place all those years ago, back in the turn of the 20th century, when the White Star Line was looking at what to name their new trio of super ships that would ultimately become uh, the Olympic class. And of course, Titanic was the second in that class. Now, White Star Line itself has uh, had, at at the time rather, a long history of naming its ships with names ending in IC. And this started with the first ship, Oceanic, and then her sisters, the Republic, the Atlantic, and the Baltic, all having the IC ending in their names. And it was a a way that shipping lines at the time used to help identify the names of their vessels to make it easier for passengers to see which ships belonged to which company. Um, because, of course, in this time, in the uh, 19th century, when White Star first started services and into the 20th century, the only way really to, to see um, shipping advertisements was in print. Uh, and that was done generally as shipping schedules in newspapers um, and and uh, shipping schedules in windows of uh, of the of the void sales offices in different cities around the world, and also of course in posters. And so many passenger shipping lines developed iconic brands 
um, with distinctive funnel colors and house flags, but also named their ships in a way that made them easy to identify them as part of the same family. So we had White Star with names ending in IC, you had Cunard with names ending in IA, you had Holland America Line, whose ships all had names ending in DAM, and it really was um, quite heavily utilized throughout passenger shipping. Now, when White Star came to think about naming the uh, what would ultimately become the Titanic, they had sh- three ships in the class to name. It was a trio of ships of um, over 45,000 tons that would make up this class of vessels. And the first one, the class leader, was named Olympic after the ancient Greek mythology of the Olympians. Now, for anyone who knows their ancient Greek history, they'll know that the Olympians were um, the, the, the strongest and most well-known of the uh, ancient Greek gods. Uh, and of course, um, were based in well, they, they were they, they lived on Mount Olympus. That was their their home, and uh, hence were named the Olympians. And they they in fact included a number of the uh, very well known um, ancient Greek gods, including Zeus. And they had defeated the Titans to gain power, which were the previous sort of ruling uh, mythological uh, gods that uh, oversaw uh, ancient Greece. And so the second ship in the class was called Titanic, after the Titans. And so you have this kind of connection between this ancient Greek mythology and the names of these large ships. Now, the third ship in the class also needed to have a special name. And she was going to be built a little bit after Olympic and Titanic. Olympic and Titanic were built um, in conjunction with one another, they were uh, in in tandem. They were next door to each other when they were being built in the slipway there at Harland and Wolf. And the third one was coming online a little bit later. And it was widely believed that it would be named uh, uh, Gigantic, uh, which was named after the giants, which were another uh, mythological race that uh, would battle with the with the Olympians. So you would have the Olympians, the Titans, and the Giants um, as the namesakes for the three giant ships. Um, but ultimately, the third ship was not named uh, Gigantic. Uh, she entered service with a different name, and I'm going to be a little bit... Um, a little bit cheeky this week. In fact, in a, the the latest YouTube video that I have just gone live is actually a much more in-depth look at this history than what I can do on the podcast this week. And if you want to find out what the name of the third ship was, then go and check it out on my YouTube channel. So that's uh, youtube.com slash chrisframeofficial. A really great video. In fact, it's got some fantastic um, uh, imagery in there, both historical and some great colorized images of the Titanic that had been um, drawn by um, Mr. Ocean Liner Designs himself, Mike Brady, who's got a very uh, well-known um, YouTube channel as well. But he, of course, started off um, designing or, or um, recreating imagery uh, of um, of the famous Ocean Liners and has, uh, has lots of different uh, ships that he's um, illustrated is the word I'm looking for. It is illustrated in his back catalog on his website too. So, and he very kindly let me use a few of those in my in my video. So, uh, the origins of the name of Titanic wasn't just to signify the size of the ship, but it was also to ensure that the ship itself um, and the Olympic and her and the third ship, which that they thought would be named Gigantic, um, would have some sort of presence after. They entered service long after their maiden voyages that they would be able to hold their own amongst the other ships and new ships that were coming online because, of course, White Star knew 
that as soon as they built these big ships, there would be somebody else who'd try and eclipse them. So they wanted to be able to give their ships um, a sense of a sense of space, a sense of um, importance, uh, not only at their launch but also long after they entered service. But the third one was never named Gigantic, and uh, you might already know the name. But if you don't, go and check it out on my YouTube video. And uh, uh, Baz and I will touch on it next week, um, so that if you if you can't access YouTube for whatever reason, you can find out the answer next week too when we're when we're having a bit more of a chat in person. So thanks so much. I hope that was uh, that was an interesting little uh, look at the history of Titanic's name. And back over to you again, Baz. Subscribe now and rate and review on your favourite podcast platform. Awesome, thanks, Chris. And uh, this is uh, this is where the show gets interesting. This is where I try to bring you the latest cruise news from around the world, but uh, doing it solo is a little bit different than when we've got Chris uh, alongside. So first up is great news from Celestial Cruises. Uh, of course, very strong in the Greek Isles and the Aegean. Uh, but Celestial have announced uh, further details on their new ship, which will be joining uh, in the not-too-distant future. Uh, this will be, of course, Celestial Journey. Now, Celestial Journey did start her life back in 1994 for Holland America Line. She was the Ryan Dam. And more recently down here in Australia, we probably know her as the Pacific Aria, where she was uh, quite a popular ship. She has... Uh, been alongside, uh, waiting for, for new owners for quite some time since the pandemic, and uh, Celestial have uh, agreed to take her, and she's currently under quite a major multi-million dollar refurbishment program and technical overhaul, which will see her ready to set sail with Celestial on September 2 of this year. Um, she will, of course, uh, be taking over the uh, itineraries of uh, the Celestial Crystal, uh, but Celestial haven't actually said what uh, the future of Celestial Crystal is. Will she take on some shorter cruises? Will she go to a different destination? I guess only time will tell, but it's uh, uh, great to see uh, a new ship joining the Celestial fleet and a ship that has considerably more balconies and verandas than uh, the current ships that are in the fleet. So I'm pretty sure she will do extremely well. Well done to Celestial now, next, we're talking all things celebrity, and for the very first time, Celebrity Cruises will be visiting the Perfect Day and Coco Cay. That is, of course, Royal Caribbean's uh, private island uh, destination in the Bahamas. And uh, of course, Celebrity is part of the Royal Caribbean family, but uh, we haven't seen their ships visit uh, on a regular basis uh, previously. Now, this is going to kick off next April. And uh, we will see a series of cruises uh, on the the newest Edge ship. So Celebrity Beyond and also Celebrity Reflection are going to be offering year-round Caribbean sailings, which will weave a perfect day at Coco Cay into the mix. Now, if you're not familiar with Perfect Day um, at Coco Cay, um, it's a great destination. She's had an awful lot of money spent on her. And you can kind of duck in and duck out of different areas depending on what you're into. So they have got the largest water slide in the Northern Hemisphere. Now, that uh, is over 450 feet above the island. They have uh, an epic balloon ride that you can take uh, panoramic views of the island. But they've also got little uh, bays and uh, hubs that you can have a little bit of quiet time as well. Um, One thing that is new, in uh, January of next year, they're introducing Hideaway Beach, which will be an adults-only paradise with private cabanas and a new signature food outlet. Uh, But yeah, it's a great addition for celebrities to be able to call into Coco Cay, and uh, I'm sure it will be equally as popular. Now, Virgin Voyages tend to drop into the cruise news quite regularly at the moment. Over the last week, though, they have announced that they have uh, debuted Gen AI. That is, of course, Gen 
artificial intelligence. Of course, global icon Jennifer Lopez has been a part of the Virgin team for, for quite some time now. Uh, she's partnered with them on a number of little projects. Uh, but uh, we're using artificial intelligence, Jen, to uh, get you on the floor and to get you on board the cruise. What you can do is you can go to the Virgin Voyages website. You can enter in a, uh, a friend, a loved one, a colleague's detail. You can choose from a range of different itineraries and activities that you would like to do on board. And the uh, artificial intelligence generates a video for you to share with whoever you're inviting to to join you on the cruise. And it looks like uh, JLo has done all of the work, but of course it's the AI in the background. Have a little play with it. I have got the link to that in the show notes, but uh, uh, yeah, head to Virgin Voyages or head to voyagewithgen.ai and you can have a little play with that yourself. Now, we were talking uh, over the past couple of weeks about uh, generally ships have godmothers rather than godfathers, but Chris uh, did correct me and tell me that that wasn't actually always uh, the case. But we've had uh, uh, one cruise line already announced that they were having a godfather, and this week we've had a second. This time it is Norwegian Cruise Lines who have announced that uh, Grammy-nominated and five-time Latin (laughs) Grammy-winning singer, even, uh, Louis Fonzi is going to be the godfather of the newest ship, Norwegian Viva. Now, if you're not sure who Louis Fonzi is, I'm sure you'll recognise Despacito, a very, very popular song all around the world, to name just a, a few. Um, he's going to be christening the, the ship on 28th of November of this year. Uh, of course, breaking that champagne across the uh, bow of the ship to wish uh, all good fortune that choose to sail on her. Um, and then the ship will then transition over to Puerto Rico, where she will uh, embark her first guest on the 15th of December. And that's where she will be home ported for uh, the season, where she will offer a variety of seven-day Caribbean voyages from April 2044 to uh, Tortola, British Virgin Islands, St. John's, Antigua, Bridgetown, to name just a few. Heading over to Europe next, we're talking all things Aida, of course, the uh, German-speaking brand of Carnival Corporation, and uh, they are taking the next vegan gastronomy experience to the next level. Now, Aida is known for having a selection of up to 17 restaurants on board uh, their ships, and uh, they're actually rolling out uh, or extending the vegan options. So at this stage, most of the venues do have vegan options, and certainly in uh, the, the Lido or the buffet area, they have the, the colour-coded systems, uh, green, indicating that it is suitable for, for vegans. But they're taking it to the next level with the opening of Soul Kitchen on the 24th of June this year, that's 2023, on Aida Nova, Aida Perla, and Aida Prima. Now, uh, this restaurant will be available for breakfast and dinner. The whole array of vegan, plant-based, and seafood alternative menu items. And some examples that have come through here include the coconut lemongrass soup, almond barley risotto with sautéed herb apples, and how about a trio of creme brulees to finish off. And uh, non-alcoholic wines and spirits are also available in the Soul Kitchen as well. So well done to Aida on that one. Staying in Europe, and this time the UK with Fred Olsen Cruise Lines, they have announced that a very popular TV presenter will be joining them on a beautiful cruise to Greenland and Iceland. Now, if you grew up in the UK as I did, Michaela Strachan will be very familiar with you. She used to host a, a whole series of uh, wildlife uh, educational programs on children's TV in the UK, and still to this day hosts popular wildlife uh, TV series as well. Now, she's going to be on board the ship for four days. She will do an audience with on board, and will also uh, enhance uh, some of the... the uh, wildlife activities and sightseeing that is taking place on board. 
board the ship. Now, the ship is the Borealis. It's a 14-night voyage, um, which is departing from Liverpool on the 4th of August, 2023. And if you're interested in that itinerary, just have a little look in the show notes. We've listed all the various ports that this one visits as well. And last in the news from around the cruise world, Swan Hellenic has outlined its concrete eco-actions at a major EU event. So uh, this past week, the Ocean Race Grand Finale celebrations were taking place in Genoa, and the European Commission and Genoa City Council hosted an event, hosted an event, um, the Shared Transition Plan of Mares, to the best practice of restoring our oceans and waters by 2030. Now, they've gone into a lot of details. I'll let you jump into the show notes if you're particularly interested on what's going on, but just very, very quickly to mention that, of course, they do have the citizen science programs on board the Swan Atlantic ships, and that's really pillars or uh, concentrates everything that they're doing with the scientific research to uh, to help the EU and to the various organisations to uh, work on this plan of uh, restoring the, the oceans by 2030. All the activity that's taking place around this event and with the help of Swan Atlantic will be put forward in the draft principles uh, of ocean rights when presented to the United Nations General Assembly in September of 2023. So well done to Swan Hellenic and all... And that, my good friends, is all we have in cruise news of this week. And uh, I hope and pray that Chris is back with us next week because it is so much easier when there is two of us to uh, to bounce that cruise news off each other. But I think Chris has got a few extra words he wanted to uh, say as well. Hello, it's Chris again. And just a huge thank you to all of you who are liking, sharing and subscribing to the Big Cruise podcast. It means the absolute world to us that uh, you're enjoying the podcast that we're putting together for you each week. And to those of you who have been writing reviews on the different podcast apps, thank you so much for your feedback. We've really been enjoying reading your reviews. We've been getting quite a few new ones lately. And it's making a real difference for us to hear all of the thoughts and positive feedback that you've got about the work that we put together in the Big Cruise podcast each week. Thank you once again from me and Baz, and I'm going to hand you back to Barry at the studio. No, thanks once again, Chris. We have indeed been getting uh, quite a lot of uh, reviews uh, popping up on the podcast directories, and thank you to each and every one of you that is uh, helping to share the love and share uh, the, the Big Cruise podcast far and wide. That, my good friends, is all we have for this week. It's uh, too hard to do a, a fact or fiction uh, when we're both recording our audio completely separately, but uh, we'll we'll have that back in the next episode for sure. And don't forget, if you do have a, a question that you want to send through, do so via the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com, and uh, click on Join the Show. Also, a quick reminder, of course, Chris has got lots of great videos that are out in the YouTube space. I'm going to leave the last word to him, but he has got a cracking video that is out supporting maritime history that we talked about a little earlier around the naming of the Titanic. Uh, So I'm going to leave you with Chris for one last word, and I'll be back with you same time next week. Hi, it's Chris again, and if you're enjoying the Big Cruise podcast, you might also enjoy YouTube videos about ocean liners and cruise ships. And fortunately, I have a YouTube channel that has over 100 videos in the back catalogue that cover off on ocean liners, cruise ships, and cruise news. So if you're interested in that, check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash chrisframeofficial. And don't forget to leave me a comment in one of the videos so that I know that you came to my channel from the Big Cruise podcast. Looking forward to seeing you on board... That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage.
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 